Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. People may not always see eye to eye with him, but they will always listen to his opinion. This is The Roy Green Show. A long weekend in Canada. Thanks for joining us on the Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. We're going to be talking a bit about our border quite a bit as we get into the rest of the program. Ian Grillo will be with us from Mexico. He's the author of Gangster Warlords. It's a book with specific information about MS-13 and other violent gangs from South and Central America. And uh, Mr. Grillo actually lives or spends time in the favelas in Brazil and in the barrios in Central America with these gangs, around these gangs, and sees what they're doing. And uh, he's reported for Time magazine and other media organizations, and uh, he's, he's right on top of what's going on. And his book is called Gangster Warlords for a Reason. So that's coming up. Also, Michelle Rempel, the immigration critic for the Conservative Party of Canada and MP for Nose Hill in Calgary, is uh, going to spend some time with us before the end of this hour, and we'll, um, we'll talk about what's happening at that uh, Roxham Road border crossing. Today, there's some concern because two groups, one that is opposed to anyone entering this country illegally, and another group, the No Borders group, apparently, are planning on meeting there, and uh, police have concerns about violence, potentially. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll talk to Michelle Rempel about uh, the border issues. There's only one person who's ultimately responsible for what's going on on our border, and that's the Prime Minister. He has the responsibility, but he's too busy flying around the world and giving speeches. Something we'll get at, uh, the speech we'll get at with the uh, Michelle and Linda and uh, Catherine before the end of the show on Beauties and the Beast, and then uh, tomorrow in more detail. Now, another horrific school shooting, this time in Santa Fe, Texas. I'm always going to tell you what I think, for whatever that's worth. But I've, um, today I, I was wondering, why is there essentially so little coverage for what's going on in Texas. I know it's being covered. I know that the school shooting's being covered. I know there are news stories. I know that I know they exist. But it's nothing like the intensity of emotion and um, opinion that was expressed after the Florida school shooting. And I hope we're not devolving into um, state of mind where, well, it's it's happened recently, so we're not going to spend that much time on it. I don't know. I hope not. We'll ask uh, Dr. Farley about that. Psychologist will be with us shortly. But I'm just somewhat concerned about the fact that it seems to be almost comfortable to not talk about it too much. And it's not a case of 
or we don't want to talk about it because it's too painful. That's not it. Anyway, there was uh, another individual bullied and uh, and a loner in this case, Demetrios Pagurtsis. Pagurtsis. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Pagurtsis. Doesn't matter. 17 years old, and his classmates called him weird because he walked around in a trench coat all the time. And well, He was wearing a trench coat yesterday when he opened fire on his classmates. Here are two of them. I was thinking it was going to happen eventually. It happens. It's been happening everywhere. I was ready to run out, but my teacher told me to hide instead, so that's what I did. I was scared for her. I didn't know what to think. I shouldn't be going through this. It's my school. Like, this is my daily life. I shouldn't have to feel like that. And I feel scared to even go back. These are kids. Killing kids. And there is a response, and it's the standard response, that it's guns and gun owners who, um, and, and the lax um, restraints on obtaining guns in the United States. That is brought up time and again. It has again. But I started thinking, and I mentioned this to you earlier, I started thinking about what it is that kids consume in the way of entertainment, young people. Watch a movie. Uh, it's, almost, it's, almost, it's almost accepted that there's going to be uh, gunfire and people are going to die from... from uh, Shootouts and and then you uh, television series the same thing and and then the the video and the computer games it's uh, the same thing you know you rack up points by by the numbers of victims you create and so it becomes they become emotionally desensitized. Uh, Tony Bernardo is the executive director of CELA Canadian Gun Owners Lobby Group uh, in Ottawa, and uh, Tony, we we in, invariably talk to you at, at times like this, and it's because gun owners are brought into question and gun ownership is brought into question, and there's an instant um, fear, I think it is, of, of, of gun owners. I wanted to ask you this, because you deal with the politicians in Ottawa. What kind of reception do you receive from federal politicians of all stripes when you're re- representing the gun owners of this country? By and large, Roy, it, it's a positive one. I think that most people recognize the fact that most legitimate firearms owners are certainly not the problem. Remembering, of course, in Canada, we have 2.1 million people with firearms licenses. Um, most of them will have at least a few guns because the guns are like golf clubs where they're only good for certain things. You know, one size doesn't fit all. Um, many of the members of parliament and senators uh, come from a rural background where firearms are treated with the same kind of considerations as shovels, and um, they're just a tool that is used agriculturally uh, to make sure predators stay off the farm or to do any other of a number of different things, including feeding families. Uh, What's happening in the States, it's beyond the English language to express the sorrow that people are feeling on this stuff. But sadly, it's going to keep happening again and again until we start looking at the real reasons and not the deflections. And I don't know how we get people to talk about this. It's, it's as plain as the nose on your face. 
What are the real reasons? Notoriety. That's simple. Every single one of these kids, every single one of, not just kids, of course, because it's happening with, with uh, older adults, too, but every single one of them seeks the same thing. They seek fame. Mm-hmm. They even leave that in their suicide notes and manifestos. How many times have we seen, I, I will break the record. The world will know who I am. They will hear why I'm angry at the world. I'll have their attention. You know, and, I'm, I'm going to say something that's uh, some people probably take the wrong way, but mm-hmm. I, uh, I have felt for some time that it is, you're right, that it's the notoriety they receive. And because of that notoriety, they, uh, they proceed and they do what they do. They show, commit these abhorrent crimes, whereas in the past, before they got all the coverage, they would have just gone into their basements and off themselves. Right. Which it's, is it's a the way it very elaborate suicide note. Yeah. I mean, they, they need help. They should get the help. But if they're going to commit suicide, if they're going to use a gun to kill, then let, it, let them kill themselves. I'm sorry, folks, if you get angry with me about saying that, uh, that's, I'd rather see that than I'd, and see 10, 20, 30 people, innocent people being killed. Get them the help, but if you can't, if they're going to use a gun, I don't want to see innocent people getting killed. Absolutely. And, and why? We have to answer the root question of why are they doing this? There's lots of ways to kill yourself without taking 10 or 20 people with yeah, you. Yeah. So, but, you know, but you're right. It's the notoriety. It's the they notoriety. Have been, they have been, they've been um, in their minds, maligned, and they've been bullied, and they've been pushed around, and perhaps they have been maligned, and perhaps they have been bullied, and likely they have been pushed around, and they're angry, and they want to respond. Now somebody else has done it and gets a tremendous amount of attention, so now they're going to get the attention if they do the same thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere some, some kid who fits the... The description is being somehow, um, be careful what I say here, uh, is being is somehow thinking of doing the same thing. I, it's, it's something that, that has to be addressed. How we do it, I don't know. I don't know, Tony. Well, I, I mean, I think you have to start looking at the vehicle here. Um, for, first of all, you get just as much attention for shooting 10 people as you do for blowing them up or setting them on fire, or doing any one of a, a thousand terrible things. So that's not it. The method is not, is not it. When it is, and I, I, I know that I draw fire every time I say this, but I know I'm right. It's the mainstream media. They turn Andy Warhol's 15 minutes of fame into five days on CNN. It takes the average person out there the, the, the kind of loner, bullied, people hurt, angry, trying to get back at the world, it gives them the pulpit they ask for. Tony, now, I, yeah. I realize this is news, Roy. I realize it's news. I also realize that if it bleeds, it leads. That's the oldest axiom in the, in the newspaper industry. But a hundred years ago, mainstream media made a tacit agreement amongst themselves that they would not publish the names of suicides and subway jumpers because every time they did the following week, there was a string of copycats of people trying to get their name into the paper. Mm -hmm. And it worked. It reduced those suicides by a huge amount. People were, were 
throwing themselves in front of the subway so they would the world would know that they were hurt, so hurt that they were going to kill themselves. When the media removed that, it went down. I can't see why the same logic doesn't apply here, because, of course, we both know it does. Yeah. Tony, thank you for the time. Always a pleasure, Roy. I, w- I wish it could be under happier circumstances. Yeah, as do I. Tony Bernardo, Executive Director of SELA, the uh, lobby group for Canada's legal gun owners. 2.1 million people have licenses for firearms in this country. They're good people. They have to be to get a license. Dr. Frank Farley, when we come back, psychologist, stay with us.